Hi, and welcome to this episode of Fintech Unfiltered, the podcast covering the latest news and trends in digital banking and fintech. I'm Bianca Chan, the news editor at Bank Innovation and your host for today's podcast. Today's episode of Fintech Unfiltered is brought to you by Q2, the digital banking platform that features Q2 Grow, a fast, easy to use, and intuitive online account opening and onboarding solution. Q2 Grow can seamlessly integrate with existing technology and boasts a 70% conversion rate. Visit q2ebanking.com grow, that's G-R-O, to learn more. On this episode of FinTech Unfiltered, we are providing an exclusive look into Fifth Third's innovation and FinTech strategies, which Chief Digital Officer Melissa Stevens outlined during a fireside chat at Bank Innovation Ignite in March. Stevens has spent more than 20 years immersed in banking technology, leading online and mobile banking teams for some of the largest financial institutions in the country. During this chat, Stevens sits down with Bank Innovation Executive Editor JJ Hornblass to discuss how the 160-year-old bank is reshaping its digital roadmap. Let's tune in. What was an experience that a customer, whatever side of the house it was at Fifth Third, an experience that just struck you as this needs to be you know, improved? And what was it about that experience that sort of stuck out? Hmm. I'd say on the business banking side, especially larger corporations, let's let's put a number, let's say 20 or $30 million in revenue and above, uh, doing your accounts payable and accounts receivable is pretty complicated. And even now, today, in mm-hmm. 20, at the beginning of 2020, um, the vast majority of payments in the B2B world happen via physical checks. And so when you look at how much processing that takes and coming from a company who had a major transaction services business that was doing billions of dollars through it, um, that was pretty surprising because as you look at the time it takes to do all the manual entry, all the physical checks moving around, you, it's, a lot of, it's a lot of people and it's a lot of time. And time is money, especially when you're a company that can't afford to be in a cash flow situation where you're waiting for somebody to pay you back. Mm-hmm. And to me, looking at something that was over 30 days in terms of what that normal cycle time mm-hmm. was and finding solutions, in this case in partnership with Avid Exchange, to bring that 30 days down mm-hmm. to like five or less mm-hmm. was a critical thing for us. Was this a a generally accepted view at Fifth Third? Or I mean, what, did you have to no, sort of yeah. sell it internally yeah. as it were? I think what, what, one thing that's cool about where I work is people are on board to do new things and try new things. They're just desperate for somebody to help on the how part. Mm. Um, and so that's been a, a really welcome uh, way of operating. Mm-hmm. You've always got to prioritize, right? We don't have endless amounts of money, so we prioritize what goes. But I think bigger than an accepted way is when you talk to clients, they say over and over again, no bank is good as this, so I've just accepted this. We had an actual, you know, we had a municipality in, it was either Michigan or Northern Ohio, who I think the government is relatively slow about things, no political statement, just I think they're not that fast on things. And somebody from a municipality actually told us, you're, you're just like all the rest of them, and we don't think you guys can ever do better than you're doing, so we just accept it. And I thought, my God, like wow. if, that, if, that's what, if that's what the bar is, that's really sad. So I don't think that it's accepted at our company it's, mm-hmm. and that we have to sell it. It's more in general, everyone's ho-hum, especially in mm-hmm. commercial banking. Mm-hmm. And so everyone's just adjusted to saying that's just fine. So, it, so it, have you found, so you said that the, the how part yeah. is the hard part. Yeah. Um, 
What does that actually mean? I mean, this is a, this is a hundred and yeah. sixty-eight yeah. billion dollar bank, right? Yeah. So you have uh, I don't know how many now. Last I saw, it was like eighteen thousand employees. Or yeah, twenty-one. Yep. Okay, Good. twenty-one. Sorry, Good enough. Good sorry. Enough. whatever. Um, um, yeah, I was in the general bullpen. You were there, there Melissa. You were there. Come on. It's okay. Okay. So um, the how? Yeah. So, like, what are the components of that? So, like, just look around the room for a second. How many people work for a company that has more than a thousand people? Right. So, small number, right? Um, then go to a company that has two hundred eighty thousand, like I came from, or now less than that, or or twenty thousand, like we have. Those that work day to day in front of the customer, mm -hmm. they they pretty much have a good idea what the customer wants. Those that work in places like I work, mm -hmm. think we have a good idea of what the customer wants, but we never ever talk to a customer, right? And so what happens is people come in and out, uh, people meet people and then they say, oh, I talked to so-and-so and they really like it. I found myself in lots of conversations on the how of, well, I was at a whatever conference or I was at a dinner party or I was at this and I say, I don't think you're like the typical customer that we're serving, <laughs> right? And so the how is heavily about how do we start with, what is the problem we're trying to solve for the customer? Mm -hmm. Even if the customer can't articulate the problem, mm -hmm. And then let's figure out what the what they actually are looking for. And then let's determine: Do we have a solution, or should we invent a solution? Mm -hmm. Generally, I don't. Even though I've worked in innovation a long time, don't believe there's a lot of net new invention. But what is something I can increment on, or what's something I can do in a different way? Mm -hmm. um, and that's a lot of the how is how do we back up and say who are the customers we're serving, and who are the customers we want to serve. And then how do we make sure we're aligned with what their needs are, what their problems are, and the mm -hmm. jobs that we really have to do for them. Mm -hmm. And that, I'm not saying that everyone wasn't working that way, but a lot of people, once you get in a room, will say, we know what they want because we've been doing this a long time. Mm -hmm. I've been in the business for ages, Melissa. I know exactly what they want. And then you show up and show data and say, hmm, seems like what you're thinking is not exactly what we're seeing. So the, the data component, I guess, mm -hmm. is, you know, is obviously a big part of that. Um, what are a couple of data sets that you have like developed in recent time mm. that has allowed you to get a better sense for the problem at hand? Or? Yeah, you, there are a lot, uh, and the folks that are much smarter than I am that run the analytics and data areas are, are the pros on it. I, I'd say two things. One, we've done a few, and I'll, and I'll give a couple examples, but two, we have a long way to go in, in, in banking in general. I mean, how many years have we all been holding all the transaction information for you about your life, but we offer you something that has nothing to do with any purchase you've ever made, right? Mm -hmm. If you're, make it up from a coffee standpoint, if you're a Starbucks person and we're offering you Pete's, if you're a Dunkin' Donuts person and we're offering you Starbucks as your loyalty uh, reward, doesn't seem like we know you very well, but if we went back through your transactions, we see that that's the only place you've been spending all along, right? right, right. And so there are opportunities that are pretty, basic, frankly, in, in the world at large, especially in the consumer retailing space, but they're not as sophisticated, they're not as used in such a sophisticated way in banking, mm -hmm. and everyone is working, I think, to get better at that. This was the same at, at, at City yeah. also, or is We've it? made a lot, of, a, a lot of improvements, a lot of investment in that, mm -hmm. um, I'd, but there's opportunity, I think, mm -hmm. for all banks, mm -hmm. and more and more are getting better and better at it. At Fifth Third, some of the data sets and things we've looked a lot more into are related to what are the products that you have, what are the solutions you're using most actively, and what's the next best thing that we can offer to you. Mm -hmm. Maybe it's just a simple phone call to check on your family because we see some recent hospital bills. Maybe it's actually another product because we see you're, um, you're going a little bit into too much revolving credit on your mm -hmm. credit card, and maybe mm -hmm. there's a loan solution that's a better package for you in terms of the equity you have in your mm -hmm. home. 
um, but we're doing a lot more in terms of the data sets at looking at multi-dimensional factors and determining how do we bring that to life, not in terms of sales, but in terms of the best thing for our relationship with you. I'd like to take a short break from our program to share a few words from our sponsor and thank Q2 for sponsoring this episode of FinTech Unfiltered. Opening a new bank account in these trying times can feel cumbersome for would-be account holders. Make the process as simple as 123 with Q2 Grow, a digital account opening and onboarding solution designed for mobile-first customers that's easy to use and intuitive. Your customers can open new accounts in under four minutes. We help financial institutions like yours gain mobile account holders and increase deposits manage risk, and fine-tune in-channel marketing messages. The solution also includes core integrations, security and analytics tools, CRM, and other marketing tools. Full integration with Q2 online banking is also available. With Q2 Grow, customers typically report a 70% conversion rate, well above the 20% industry average. Put your customers' ever-evolving needs first with Q2 Grow, the fast and intuitive new account opening and onboarding solution for digital banking. Visit q2ebanking.com slash grow, that's G-R-O, to learn more. And now, back to the program. Have you spent, and it was something I mentioned in my opening remarks, have you spent time trying to improve uh, kind of speed to solution uh, internally and what has worked for you mm. or is it that this is sort of something that you haven't been able to make as much progress on? Yeah, I'd say two things. We, we've made progress and there's a lot further to go. Um, <laughs> so we, we've spent a lot of time on a couple key topics. One, we've, we were a company, this is an overgeneralization, but is that very much has done a lot of projects um, and that move to product management, it, I believe, is a critical part of making sure that you're actually solving for the problems that your customers have. When you work in more of a product management um, ma ma like style, if you will, you're looking not at launch day one, right? You're looking at, at what, how am I going to grow and how am I going to iterate? What are the clients doing? What do I do differently? How do I take it to life? But for anybody that's worked with, because I know many of you have, especially some of the things I heard on the previous panel with a large corporation, you know, we don't move that fast. And not only do we not move that fast, we change our mind when you're almost at the goal line to deliver the first thing you were supposed to deliver. And furthermore, those that have been there a long time don't believe they ever get a second release. And so they try to jam everything into release one. They ask you to do it at your company and they try to do it internally on their tech side. Mm -hmm. A big thing for us has been breaking it down into bite-sized chunks and getting people to believe um, that actually you are going to get a day two, you are going to get a release two, the resources are going to stay, and provided that we're seeing what we wanted to see, we'll work through that as a life cycle from a product management standpoint mm -hmm. versus a launch and leave. I mm -hmm. like to think of it more as like launch and love um, and keep iterating. And so mm -hmm. for us, in terms of the speed thing, it started with, frankly, a cultural revolution that says, 
I want you to believe that there'll be a second release. I want you to believe we're not going to give up on this after we get it started. Mm -hmm. As we've started to get that, then we could start in the, especially from an overall business and tech side, working in more of an agile methodology. And at the same time, we could improve our quality. Once we could do that, the turn time started coming down because we're breaking it not into, it's my one shot for my whole career. We're breaking it down into releases that actually are, are driven from a test-driven development standpoint. So mm -hmm. the quality is much harder. We're not just shipping code that's not gonna work great. Um, and once we got a few of those under our belt, people were able to tell the success story to others. And then that has helped our speed to, to solution. I wouldn't say we're awesome. We definitely have a way to go, mm -hmm. uh, but we're, we're definitely operating uh, out of first gear, which was my first goal. At Fifth Third, is it really, is it like product leads that are, you know, the, it's the product leadership that is, you're talking about here mm -hmm. that is kind of, you're, you're, you're bringing into the process or bringing into, it, how, yeah. how is it structured at, at Fifth Third? Well, a lot of people because it's a large company so uh, I'd say it's product leads it's tech leads it's design or user experience leads depending on what we're working on so um, each and of it's those channel experts and each so of those bringing yeah. together cross-functional teams mm -hmm. with the leadership supporting and having one leader regardless of function who's the advocate and the sponsor of the thing mm -hmm. with folks from all the different areas to drive it yeah so let, let's let's circle back to Dobot sure. um, because uh, Dobot was an acquisition that you did mm -hmm. Um, it was a, it was, is it still a 12 person team or I'm, I'm a, it's still yeah, it's, a 12 person yeah, team. Less than that, yeah. So how did you, t tell us that story sure. if you may. Sure. So we, we did a lot of research on millennials, which is why we did our first solution, um, which, which is called momentum to round up your, your debit card purchases paid on your student loan debt. We're, we were at $3.7 million in student loans paid, um, two years, a little over two years into uh, the product proposition, and we haven't fully scaled it yet in terms of usage. Uh, and the next big thing that we believed was needed by not just millennials, but many from the research that we had done, ethnographic research, first party research, um, a, a variety of, of quantitative and qualitative studies, was something to the equivalent of digital envelopes, right? This idea that I need a way to save, I need that. And we were working on ideas of what we could do ourselves. Momentum we built. We, we partnered with a company, um, but it was a build for us. Mm -hmm. As we looked at, as we found different solutions that looked and felt a little like what we wanted from a generically, I'll call it an envelope standpoint, uh, we happened upon Dobot. Um, and Dobot had actually um, gone out of business, but the but the IP was still worth a lot, worth a good amount, and the tech and the folks that had built it were still together as a team, even though they were starting to find their next place. Hmm. And so we acquired the IP and hired um, the small team. Um, a couple of them uh, had worked on Dobot. A couple of them had actually been together in a prior life at Home Advisor, um, but then brought the band back together again. And for us, it was a lot about there's a solution in the market, and it's a great opportunity for us to buy something and to do three things. One, get the solution to market um, from a speed to solution standpoint as fast as possible. Two, acquire great talent who are experts in what they do and very well steeped in how to work like this. And three, in fact and affect our organization from a small team to a big organization in terms of some of the methodology being used, some of the modern day tech tools that are being used and the approaches that are happening. Mm -hmm. And so Dobot's a story of all three of those. Um, to get it going, frankly, we kept it outside of our environment, which is an easy way to get going from a speed standpoint, um, and then started to make the moves. And so we decided to, as Fifth Third could catch up to the way that was working, we would move the Dobot uh, 
app, if you will, into the way that we were working, but we weren't going to bring it backwards. We weren't going to come backwards in terms of especially the tech solution uh, until we could get ourselves caught up. So this was 2018 that you did mm -hmm. this. Um, so what has kind of gone to plan with that? Yeah. And what has maybe not gone to plan sure. in your in your view so far? Sure. Well, and also, was this yeah. your trans? This came out of the chief digital officers office yeah well okay. i always look at things as a partnership internally or externally so it's not uh, that like, you are now officially is, on the record for that it yeah, is true so you know, it I is know. true i uh it's not you know there's a lot of folks that have to come together for it uh but it was a sponsorship from the retail mm -hmm. product head and myself uh mm -hmm. in our in our departments in terms mm -hmm. of bringing it to life here's what's worked great the app is fantastic. The algorithms that we built behind it and the customer feedback that we get are exactly as we um, expected. We have more than uh, savings goals. Doesn't mean people were really saved to there, right? But we have savings goals well over $400 million sitting there um, in terms of what people want to save toward. Now, we're still working to match up Hey, Melissa, you said you'd like to save a million dollars toward X, but you don't have anywhere near the amount you're putting in savings to make that ever happen. And by the way, you can't afford that. That's not actually your lifestyle. Mm. Um, so we've got work to do there. But what's worked really well is the customer feedback, the response, um, and the solution really hitting a point. Every enhancement we've done has actually been things that the customers have asked for. Mm -hmm. We launched in December something called Save Together, right? It's how I saved with my college roommates to go on my trip just last weekend mm -hmm. for our annual girls trip, right? Mm -hmm. So we've seen a lot there um, in terms of the feedback. What's also worked really well is we have not if the team was here, they'd say, Melissa, you've slowed us down a lot. But I do not believe we fully slowed <laughs> down. Um, we had to add a lot of things from a regulatory standpoint, from a banking standpoint. Um, but we are still releasing. Mm -hmm. um, we can release any day that we want. We generally release every week or two, depending on the type of enhancement we're putting in place. Um, and our big customer-facing feature changes, we do every two months, if you will. Now, mm -hmm. we could do it faster. We just choose to drip in some of that changes. That's worked really, really well. The couple of things that haven't um, worked as well are number one, um, I believe that it's a fantastic solution for Americans in general, and we haven't impacted enough of the fifth third base. We're sitting with millions of customers with checking accounts and savings accounts, but we've held it as a standalone app. Mm -hmm. um, and that is something and how many people have touched the app, or, or how many fifth, third, you know, what's, what are we talking about out of the millions? Yeah, I'm not going to tell you, um, but <laughs> thanks for trying. Uh, so, <laughs> so um, uh, I'm here to try. I know, but lo lots of people are using it. I think we have an opportunity to help our folks who sell our services day to day to understand it better. A lot more of them are using it. But more than that, does anyone really want to log into one place to manage their account and another place to actually do their savings sure. goals? The answer is not really. Now, the other thing that's worked well is we're well outside of our physical footprint and we have customers in all 50 states for Dobot. It's also not a fifth third product. You can have a Chase checking account or a Bank of America checking account or the community bank that you locally bank with and you can use Dobot. So it is not unique to fifth third. Mm -hmm. It's not an exclusive product for fifth third customers mm -hmm. and that's worked really well. So what are the two or three technology bets that you have out, you know, in place now? that you think are going to potentially transform banking? Mm. That's a great question. I'm going to dodge part of it. Um, let's see. Uh, I, I'd say this. One, the, the, it sounds generic because we've all been working in it or talking about it for years, um, but that we can fully pull things off the way we need and want to do them um, with the cloud in a way that isn't just, right, the first part was easy. 
you've got a bunch of servers, you've got a bunch of where like you move everything and you can play the cosplay. In reality, as you drive more and more digitally and more and more into the cloud, you're paying more money and you've got to find an offset somewhere or you've got to be okay with paying more and believing you're going to make more in other places. And as silly as it sounds, because we've been those that have been in the tech space have been operating around cloud forever. I don't think a lot of major corporations, especially in banking, have caught up to understand the way that's all going to work. So to me, mm. it's not a big bet to go cloud. It's an absolute sure thing to go cloud, but understanding actually the mechanics of that and the financials associated with it from a cost standpoint, opportunity standpoint, are something that I think are still a pretty big bet for folks, but many people don't realize it's a big bet yet. Mm -hmm. uh Two ideas, maybe, two, a couple of ideas that you have uh, that folks might be able to uh, utilize to help them have a better understanding of their customer. Sure. Wow. So I would guarantee you when we talk at the break, everyone will have two ideas that are um, better than better than mine. Uh, so let's I don't start think with so. That. I do. Uh, I find so many great ideas and then I go back and no one likes me because I'm like, I met this person and this is the great thing we should do. <laughs> um, but I'd say two things. One is um, root yourself in the data, right? Um, to know your customer better, look at what they do, look at how they behave, look at what's, look, look at what they're doing and not just whatever the thing is you're trying to do, what are they doing holistically? There's mm -hmm. a lot of things you can learn when you understand the brands that somebody shops with. Do they do they grocery shop on a weekly basis or a monthly basis? Like there are a lot of things that actually, if you just go to what the information can tell you, you'll know a lot more about the customer than you give yourself credit for. Mm -hmm. So I'd say the, that's the first thing for me. The second thing is, and I used the phrase a few minutes ago, but it's essentially a mantra for me, your competition for your customer, whether they're a CFO of a corporation that you're serving, whether they're the tech lead or the digital lead in the company that you're bringing your services to, or that they're an individual consumer doing their banking, your competition is always, in my belief, the last best experience that person had. And the last best experience they had could be anything under the earth, right? It could be mm -hmm. the fact that I showed up at a Hyatt today and they have a Peloton bike in the gym and mm -hmm. I'm a Peloton fanatic and so boy was I happy to log in and do that. Mm -hmm. That is an amazing experience. Hyatt, great hotel, seems fine. That actually soared in terms of my experience. And unless you actually find out from your customers, no matter who they are, what those experiences are that they're having and why they matter to them, mm -hmm. you actually aren't really getting to know them and serving them well. And mm -hmm. I don't think it matters what, what their job is or what they do as an individual. It's what are those experiences that they're comparing you to. Right. Are you positive for, about ba banking going forward? Why? Am I positive yeah. about it? I'm positive about banking. Wow. Um, well, here's my thing. I, I live my life to enable the lives of others. And I think that financial services, regardless of what happens in, in the world and the various things that are uh, invented or innovated on, um, I believe that actually you still need some sort of currency to actually make the value exchange work. Long, long time ago, there was a barter system. It turns into zeros and ones pretty darn fast, and there's a lot of different ways to do it. But at some point, you need a way that's actually monitoring and, and enabling that, and I think there's a lot to be done. The second reason is we're not even at the beginning of the fundamental transformation of the financial services industry. And for me, I think there's nothing more exciting than to be part of actually doing things differently, For in, Amer in our case, for Americans every single day. If I were going to do anything else personally, I'm positive that healthcare could use a lot of reform. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, Melissa. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you.